Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for January 30th, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, wherever you may be, man. We got a lot to talk about tonight. I actually enjoyed Monday Night Raw for what it was. Was it a perfect show? Of course not. Was it a long show? Of course it was. But Monday Night Raw tonight, as we now come out of the Royal Rumble and we go into the Elimination Chamber, everybody's excited about the Elimination Chamber and what that is going to mean for Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns in Montreal, Sami's hometown the return of Cody Rhodes and him setting up his feud with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. What is the chamber going to present as far as setting everything else up around the bloodline and Cody Rhodes? We got our answer tonight. And the reason why Monday Night Raw was so decent of a show tonight was because they actually gave meaning to most of the shit that you saw tonight on Monday Night Raw through qualifying matches for the Elimination Chamber match that will take place at the pay-per-view. Will it be Roman Reigns in the chamber? No. And it should not be Roman Reigns in the chamber. Roman Reigns doesn't need to be in the chamber. Roman Reigns has his own problems. That is a storyline going to be separate from everything else. Everybody's asking, why wasn't Sami Zayn put in the chamber to win A shot at Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I I think people might have skipped the Royal Rumble on Saturday. I don't know how many times I need to tell you. And yes, I could sit here and turn blue in the fucking face and tell you guys every single day until we get to WrestleMania that Sami Zayn probably outweighs Cody as the fan favorite, as the guy the fans want to take down Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. But the thing is, folks, we got to come back down to reality. That's not going to happen at WrestleMania. It is going to be Cody Rhodes 
versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Not Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I'm sorry. So what WWE did tonight is take several competitors, put them in qualifying matches, and Austin Theory will be defending the United States Championship inside the Elimination Chamber in Montreal. How do I feel about that? I don't mind it. I don't mind it. In fact, the mid-card titles could use some rub. Now, the Intercontinental Championship has looked like an absolute fucking beautiful thing in WWE. It is on par with what Roman is doing with the WWE and Universal Championships. It is that important. It's literally right there as far as prestige in the company. Gunther is doing an absolutely amazing job for the Intercontinental Championship. And rightfully so. He's fantastic. 70 minutes, 72 minutes, actually. Don't want to take away from him. 72 minutes in the Royal Rumble. And he is on his way to becoming even bigger than he was. That was a star-making performance on top of the superstar that he already was in the Royal Rumble. I would have preferred it to be for the Intercontinental Championship. Now, the way I would have done it is, and I'm going to need you guys to get the Sami Zayn notion out of your head. The United States Championship and those involved in the United States Championship has kind of been boring, in my honest opinion. I've seen enough Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley. I've seen enough Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins. I've seen enough Seth Rollins and Austin Theory. I've seen enough of that. We've had so much focus on that, and really nothing has has stuck It's been pretty tame. It's been pretty par for the course. Nothing really overly exciting. What I would have done is put six competitors in the ring at the Elimination Chamber, inside the chamber, for an opportunity to wrestle Gunther at WrestleMania, and obviously the winner would emerge as Sheamus. That That would have been a great way to get him into the WrestleMania Intercontinental Championship match, which I hope is still the current plan for the IC title. I think after what we saw from Gunther, him holding the IC title through this month, February, March, up until WrestleMania, him dropping it to Sheamus is going to be fucking fantastic. It's going to be an absolutely incredible moment. And what we saw from Gunther at the Royal Rumble, you move him over to Monday Night Raw via the draft. You move Imperium over to Monday Night Raw via the draft. And when Cody Rhodes beats Roman Reigns, Gunther versus Cody Rhodes is your main event for SummerSlam. Just the way I do it. I don't know about you guys. I would have made it for the Intercontinental Championship, number one contender for the IC title. Instead, we got the United States Championship. Not going to really complain about that. We got some pretty decent guys in there, and my brain is already revving up with possibilities about that. We got Austin Theory. We got Seth Rollins. We got Bronson Reed, and we got Johnny Gargano. In the Elimination Chamber. That's a brand new field of competitors in there. Minus Seth Rollins. But my God, man. My wheels are already in motion for creative going into WrestleMania. I I don't know about you guys. But Johnny Gargano, man, being in that match is the dark horse for the United States Championship. And we will talk about that as we get on into the show. But that is what's going on with the United States Championship. Two more spots left open. Who that goes to, I don't know. But I'm very excited about what happens with Johnny Gargano. I do think that his 30 minutes in the Royal Rumble was basically Triple H kind of 
restarting and resetting Johnny Gargano. And I hope that means we get good old Johnny Wrestling back. The NXT Johnny Wrestling that we loved in NXT Black and Gold. Some of that starts to seep onto the main roster. We'll talk about that in a little bit. The women. The Elimination Chamber for the women. Now, they did not have qualifying matches. There are no qualifying matches at all for the women going into the Elimination Chamber. Now, being that Rhea Ripley has already decided on her opponent for WrestleMania, and it's not Bianca Belair, she ended up choosing Charlotte Flair. I'll get to that in a second. The Elimination Chamber for the women is going to be for the right to wrestle Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. Now, we already have some women in this thing, and the women in this thing include Carmella, I believe, is in this thing. Right? I don't know why Carmella's in it. They're just randomly picking people. Oh, no, no, she's in a, she's in a fatal four-way. I'm sorry. Uh, the Elimination Chamber is, is already set up with Raquel Rodriguez, Dodrop, Nikki Ash, and I believe Liv Morgan, if I'm not mistaken. Or it's Liv Morgan and Asuka, one, one or the other. Well, whatever they did, they put the final four in the Women's Royal Rumble into the Elimination Chamber, which I think is a great idea. I think that is a fantastic idea. That's something that I've been pitching for years. That's something that I've been pitching on this channel for years. And I think that's fucking great. I think it's Asuka. It's Asuka, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, and Raquel Rodriguez. I think Dodrop is in the Fatal 4-Way. They got some match going on next week, Fatal 4-Way, and the winner of that match is going to be in the Elimination Chamber. Uh, so I do think Asuka is already in there. So, oh yes, Piper Niven, I'm sorry. I- I'm sorry. I- I- listen, I got to get used to it, man. Uh, Vince has corrupted us. It's not Dodrop anymore. It's, it's, uh, it's Piper Niven. I'm, so- I'm sorry. I-, I let you guys, I should just quit podcasting altogether. Maybe I should just leave, cut the show, and you guys can go watch somebody else. I'm sorry. So there were no qualifying matches for the women. And I do like that idea for the ladies to get in their final four. And they could have did the same thing with the men, but it didn't really work out that way. So I hope that that idea stays that way for future elimination chambers. If you make it to the final four in the Royal Rumble, you should be given a spot inside the elimination chamber. I think that's very fair because the Royal Rumble final four is... It's somewhat of a thing, and I do feel like you should be given a second chance if you do make it that far. I think that's great. Now, the thing is, Bianca Belair was heavily rumored to be wrestling Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. A lot of podcasters, even me included, have predicted this match as possibly being the Raw Women's Championship match. I had really vehemently pushed What if Naomi comes back? What if Naomi is going to be the one to be in the chamber? What if Naomi wrestles Charlotte Flair? At WrestleMania. I think we need to put that to the sidelines as well. We don't know what the fuck Naomi's doing. We don't even know if she's back, if she wants to come back, if WWE's bringing her back for the big money that they offer her. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Bianca Belair will find her opponent inside the Elimination Chamber. And, and Rhea Ripley is wrestling Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I see a lot of people. see a lot of people online complaining about what they would have done with this. Some people wanted Rhea and Bianca. Some people wanted Asuka and Charlotte at WrestleMania. Believe it or not, believe it or not, 
I don't mind Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. And I will tell you why. Number one, I feel like with Rhea Ripley, it's a safe bet that history will not repeat itself at WrestleMania. Remember back inside the WWE Performance Center when Charlotte wrestled Rhea Ripley and she was supposed to win that match? Not really supposed to win because nothing is supposed to happen when Charlotte Flair is in there because politics are heavily involved when Charlotte's in there. I'll get to that point in a second as well. But she should have beaten Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. And Charlotte held Rhea Ripley down. The WWE would not put over new talent. And Rhea Ripley was not ready then, according to them. And Charlotte went on to win that match. Stifle Rhea Ripley. She she recovered eventually, but it took her a very long time to get back on her feet and really start becoming who she is now. It took over a year for Rhea Ripley to finally develop into what we see on television now. Charlotte went down to NXT. She buried half of that fucking division because they don't know any better. They don't know any better. Charlotte and Rhea Ripley gives us the absolute best chance for a title change at WrestleMania. Now, I understand people wanted Asuka to get her revenge, this new Asuka, this Kana-like Asuka, get her revenge over Charlotte taking that streak away at WrestleMania 34, I believe, in New Orleans. I get it. I get it. But not everybody can get what they want. As long as Charlotte loses the championship, I don't give a fuck who it's to. But Rhea Ripley also has a gripe for this as well. That match inside the WWE Performance Center at WrestleMania 35 That was supposed to be in front of 70,000 people. Rhea Ripley and Drew McIntyre had their big moments taken away from them. WWE did a little bit worse with Rhea Ripley because not only did she have that match taken away from her to wrestle in front of nobody inside the Performance Center, she also also lost her match. Drew McIntyre had his big WrestleMania moment taken away from him because of COVID as well, but he, he won the WWE Championship from Brock Lesnar in front of nobody. In front of nobody. I don't mind it for that reason alone. Why did Rhea Ripley, this is the question, this is what you're not going to hear via Fightful. This is what you're not going to hear via all these other fucking geeks in the community. Do you want to know why Rhea Ripley, instead of choosing Bianca Belair, which was the right match to go about and do, do you want to know why Rhea Ripley chose Charlotte Flair? Rhea Ripley chose Charlotte Flair because this guarantees... Charlotte Flair will be in the main events, meaning the last match of the night at WrestleMania on night one. And Charlotte Flair will be the only woman in WWE history to main event WrestleMania, not once, but twice. Please, I tell everybody listening to me now, tell me when I am telling lies. The reason why Rhea Ripley chose Charlotte Flair is, yeah, it's a great match. It gives Rhea her completion story going back to WrestleMania 35. But the real reason is Charlotte gets a main event on night one, and she's the first woman to main event WrestleMania not once, but twice. Fucking pay me! You're not going to hear that from anybody else. That's the fucking reason. Don't want to hear it? Go listen to somebody else that's going to give you a fucking fake report and then charge you $5 for it. 
uh, WWE wants to have this come uh, full circle for Rhea Ripley, give me a fucking break. Give me a fucking break. She snubbed Bianca. WWE snubbed Bianca. That should have been the match because WWE was supposed to give us that match back at Money in the Bank. Rhea Ripley suffered a concussion. She was out. Bianca Belair started feuding with Becky Lynch going into SummerSlam. And then they just dropped the match. So now we have the opportunity to do the match and Bianca pay it forward to Rhea Ripley. No, we got to get Charlotte to pay it forward because if Bianca, forget about it. Charlotte can't look at Bianca and have Bianca main event WrestleMania two times. I got to be the first woman to do it. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Am, am, I, am I in the ballpark? I, I think so. I think I just fucking hit a grand slam. In the bottom of the ninth inning, and we just fucking drove in all four of those runs, and we go home and celebrate and drink our cold beverages. I'm sorry. If that disgusts you, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. It's just the way it is. Just the way it is. You know what? We're gonna get we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into it. I need to smoke some weed. Sorry, brother. I am uh basically. Yes, Otis, get him out. Uh, a, I don't smoke weed. If you do that, good on you. I don't smoke weed. Uh, just give me a nice uh, old-fashioned, please. Uh, we do things classy here. We don't smoke weed in the venue. Want to go smoke weed in the venue? You could go talk about the android to fucking Bob, the fucking bum, who sits by the dumpster in back of the venue that's right now listening to, con- to the construction of the uh, mother's basement, which is right below me. Ridiculous. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is, man. What do you want me to do? You came here for fucking truth, right? You came here for the blunt truth about everything. There you go, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't kill the messenger. Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes is back on Monday Night Raw, and he is the returning hero to WWE Raw. He looked good tonight. He looked good tonight. He talked about Roman Reigns and how there is more than one royal family in the WWE. And he told Roman Reigns that he will walk out of WrestleMania as the WWE Undisputed Universal Champion. And then he wrestled Finn Balor in what I thought was a great match. So Cody Rhodes is back on Monday night. His star power was sorely needed on Monday night. And I'm glad that he's back. The show is much better with Cody Rhodes back on Monday night. And we will talk about everything in between Uh, right here on the podcast. And I appreciate you guys joining me very much tonight, man. We're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. 3,100, 3,200 plus in the venue, man. I appreciate you guys. Please hit that thumbs up. We got 630 likes, over 3,000 people watching right now, man. Why why am I looking at a live stream with less than 1,000 likes? Yeah, it's, it's very confusing to me. It's very confusing to me. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. I really appreciate it. We had a tremendous Saturday Royal Rumble post show, man. Over 6,700 people tuned in to make us the number one most watched live stream in the entire community, man. I appreciate, appreciate you guys greatly. It was unbelievable. We broke records that I didn't even think we were going to break that record, honestly. I thought we would come close, but... You guys blew me away, man. You know what you, you know what we gotta do right now, right? So come WrestleMania, we gotta we gotta break that record, man. We gotta get more than 6,700. 
Thank you guys very much for an absolutely incredible weekend. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And if you guys missed that Royal Rumble post show, man, it's on the homepage right now. We're nearing 5,000 likes on that video. Unbelievable. Make sure you guys get those super chats in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show with our cold beverages. You guys can go over whatever you want. Ask me whatever you want. Tell me how you're feeling tonight. VIPs. VIPs, man. I see you. Today, you guys got a very intimate sneak peek of the mother's basement design, man. Oh, my goodness, man. Holy shit. Was that a banger or was that a fucking banger? Telling you, man, everybody's going to want to be in my mother's basement. You'll never make fun of it again. Ever. Love it. My boys over at Deviate are doing an absolutely fantastic fucking job, man. Unbelievable. Follow me on Twitter, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. We got an unboxing to do later tonight, tonight guys. We got an unboxing. Manscaped. Send me a nice little care package. Send me some nice uh, discounts for you guys to go buy what's in the care package. Love it. Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20 at checkout. You guys are going to get yourself 20% off and free shipping on me. Manscaped.com. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's get into Monday Night Raw, man. We started Monday Night Raw off with who I suspected we would start Monday Night Raw off with, and that is Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes opened Monday Night Raw, and he's back. The face of the company is back on Monday night. Crowds love this guy, man. Cody, Cody, Cody was being chanted. You deserve it. Also started getting chanted. Cody played to the crowd. He said, so, what do you guys want to talk about? What do you guys want to talk about? He just won the Royal Rumble. He said, every week, there is someone new watching the show. He says, he isn't the same person he was when he started on his journey 15 years ago. He talked about pulling up to Ohio Valley Wrestling, which had a sign on the door that said, Tomorrow's Superstars Today. He said he drove a beater Volkswagen. He says he told himself he'd be the WWE champion in two years and become the next John Cena. 
people started booing that line, become the next John Cena. I don't know what the problem is with becoming the next John Cena. What does John Cena hate? I don't really get it. I understand why John Cena was hated because I was one of them. But I think we're a little bit older now, man. We can't appreciate John Cena for what he's done and how he is. And every time he comes back, how we miss him. There's a void missing when John Cena's not there. I think John Cena's great. Show a little bit more respect for John Cena, please. He wondered whether that younger him would like to hear what lied ahead. He ran down his list of gimmicks and achievements, including being dashing Cody Rhodes and giving out grooming tips. That was awful. That Cody was just awful. Never got into that Cody. He made a reference to his wife and then losing his best friend, his dad, and replacing him with someone with the same eyes, his baby. He talked about being on fire and bleeding all over the world. He was on fire in AEW when he jumped through a fucking flaming table wrestling Andrade. Remember that? Bleeding all over the world in AEW. You guys remember the beatings he took from his brother and Brody Lee. Blood everywhere. He took that excursion with a focus on the industry's health, but he ended up neglecting his health. He said that person went on to win the 2023 Royal Rumble and he punched his ticket to WrestleMania 39. Truth be told, I wouldn't tell him a single thing he said about his current self and younger self. He said every step was worth it. He said his song, Kingdom, has come everywhere with him and it will be coming with him everywhere in the future, no matter where he goes. He said the opening words are his, which is that wrestling has more than one royal family. He said WWE has more than one royal family, but for it to be validated and vindicated in his heart, He has to stand across from an entire bloodline, including the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns got booed big time. The mention of Roman Reigns got big time boos. Roman Reigns got a fuck you Roman at the end of the Royal Rumble. That is the epitome of heel heat. When you get the fuck you Roman or the fuck you anybody chant, you're as good as gold as a heel, bro. That is the absolute top of the top chant that you'd love to hear got a Roman sucks chant breaking out here says he has to stand across from the LeBron James of his generation of pro wrestling said Wrestlemania is in 62 days he said at Wrestlemania undesirable has already become undeniable but undeniable has become uncrowned and on that night it ends he said after Wrestlemania he can be the tribal chief and the head of the table but the one thing he won't be after WrestleMania is the WWE Undisputed Universal Champion. Cody also mentioned that he went through 30 guys to win the Royal Rumble. He did not. I don't know why that was said. That sounded just utterly ridiculous for him to say, oh, I I outlasted 29 other men in the Royal Rumble. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. We did the research. Jesse and I did the research. Six fucking guys he lasted in the Royal Rumble. He outlasted six men in the Royal Rumble. Not 29, six. And he was in there for 15 fucking minutes. So for him to say that he outlasted 29 other guys, oh yeah, it sounds great. But let me tell you something, Cody. We all love you, bro, but please don't bullshit us. Don't bullshit you. Self, don't bullshit us, please. Ridiculous. He did not outlast 29 guys in the Royal Rumble. If you want to think that, by all means, think it. But think 
when you say that you're wrong. So out comes Judgment Day. Judgment Day come out. Finn Balor is out there with the rest of Judgment Day. Dominic and Damian Priest. Balor asked if he was returning to do something original or are you going to knock off all my old stuff just like you did before? Dominic Mysterio said, Cody ruined their plans at the Royal Rumble. He said, Rhea Ripley won her match and everyone will have the honor to hear her declare her choice of opponent for WrestleMania. But he was supposed to win the men's Rumble match. Dominic was never going to win the men's Rumble match. I think being in prison has rotted Dominic's brain, to be quite honest with you. Balor laughed about how Rey Mysterio didn't even make it to the ring for the Royal Rumble. Dominic said Cody put his hands on him and he ruined his moment at the Rumble. He said if he did that to him in prison, he wouldn't be standing there. You'd have to have it. Or he said you'd have got got. Whatever the fuck that means. Priest said Dom should be the only multi-generational wrestler to headline WrestleMania, not some quote-unquote suck-up who gets whatever he wants. Damian Priest then really shot from the hip here and kind of broke down the fourth wall. He said, Rhea Ripley earned it by entering number one while Cody was handed number 30 on a silver platter. How does that even happen? I mean, I don't see where Damian Priest was telling lies here. Please tell me where Damian Priest was telling lies. I don't see any. Dom said Cody owes him an apology for ruining his moment. Cody asked if he was trying to scare him straight. He says he has immense respect for Rey Mysterio, his father. Dominic said, yeah, that's funny because he doesn't have respect for his dad, especially his dad, Cody's dad, Dusty. So Cody said he thinks he gets what's going on. Fans were chanting, kick his ass, kick his ass. Cody says he could play it safe and try to stay healthy or he could kick any one of their asses tonight. So Cody's music played and then all of a sudden Edge's music played. Edge comes out. He makes a beeline for Finn Balor. He's brawling with Finn Balor on the on the concrete in the aisleway. Priest and Dominic jump on him. Immediately we have Adam Pearce and officials out there to break this thing up. Security's jumping in there. And Cody went after Dominic Dominic, as they cut to a break. And we were going to get Cody versus one of the Judgment Day later on tonight on Monday Night Raw. But Edge just comes out of nowhere. He's like a man possessed. He hasn't even said anything since being back. He didn't even say anything tonight. He just wants to decimate the Judgment Day and get his revenge on Judgment Day, which uh, I, I don't blame him for what they did at Extreme Rules to his wife and to him. I mean, why wouldn't? He want to get revenge. He wants to cast judgment on the judgment day. I like it. We may be looking at the WrestleMania match for Edge right there. Put him inside Hell in a Cell. Let him go. Let him go. No questions asked. This was a good promo for Cody Rhodes. He was big time over tonight. Uh, Fans did not boo Cody Rhodes in any which way tonight coming out of the Royal Rumble. A lot of people were concerned, including myself, about Cody Rhodes showing up on Monday Night Raw and the WWE Universe kind of being wishy-washy with Cody after Sami Zayn and the beatdown of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at the end of the Royal Rumble, which right now is absolutely the talk of the town in all of WWE. WWE, I said this on the Royal Rumble post-show on Saturday, and I do think that it will be difficult. It will be a major test for Triple H and WWE's creative. 
to get Cody to where he needs to be, to maintain that momentum, to keep him hot, and not have the fans wishy-washy on Cody Rhodes going into the main event of WrestleMania with Roman Reigns. Because I know a lot of people, even today, scrolling Twitter throughout the day, a lot of people are still on this thing about Sami Zayn being the one to dethrone Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I get it. It's a great idea. I would love to see it. I would. If you're asking me now, after I pushed for Cody, listen, I am happy Cody is getting the title shot. I think it's going to be a tremendous story and a tremendous match. But is it the story right now? No, it's not. I would go with the hot hand. I honestly think if WWE doesn't go with Sammy, they're going to end up regretting it. Even if it's going to be a temporary payoff. Even, even though it's going to be temporary and Sami Zayn's not going to be a face of the company. He's not going to be a flag bearer for the company for years to come. He's not the guy. He's the guy in this storyline. But there are reasons why that match can't happen at WrestleMania. Because what do you do with the Usos? What do you do with Kevin Owens? If you put Sami Zayn in that match with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, you are leaving Kevin Owens without a match. You're leaving the Usos without a match at WrestleMania. So I don't blame WWE for not going with Sami, but I also blame WWE because they got a perfect, picture-perfect, brilliant situation staring them right in the face, and they can't fucking do it. Cody's a great backup, though. I'm not going to complain about Cody. not going to complain about Cody wrestling Roman. Not going to complain about him being the WWE champion. I'm not. I think that's great. Time has come for Roman to drop those titles. Goodbye. Time has come to split those championships now. Get the WWE title back on Monday. Get the Universal title back on SmackDown. Let's do this draft. Let's have normalcy after the bloodline. Life after the bloodline needs to happen. But I get everybody's concern about Sami Zayn. WWE is looking at a very tricky situation, though. Coming out of the Royal Rumble, everybody wants Sammy. How do we take that attention away from Sammy and Roman and apply it to Roman and Cody? What I do think is going to happen at the Elimination Chamber is Roman and Sammy is all but confirmed for the Chamber. I know advertisements were going around with Sami Zayn, pictured in the cage, pictured in the structure. I mean, those don't really fit right now, but... He is going to be in that championship match against Roman Reigns at the Elimination Chamber in Montreal. Sami Zayn's going to come close to winning the world championship. They're going to make you believe. But at the end of the match, Jay Uso, who supposedly right now left the bloodline, it's not confirmed that he left the bloodline. We'll find out more, obviously, on Friday. Jay Uso did not leave the bloodline officially. But if Jay Uso is thinking about walking away from his family, He will be lured in by his family. He will come to his senses, and then he will come to his senses in Montreal and be the one to align himself back with the bloodline, helping Roman beat Sami Zayn for the WWE Championship, Universal Championship. Jey Uso is going to be so torn over this thing, he will not allow, he will not be able to watch Sami Zayn take the WWE Championship away from his cousin. And he's going to put a stop to that. And he's going to blast Sammy in the face. And he's going to get Roman that victory at the Elimination Chamber, which then will set up. That will transfer the heat from Sammy and Roman. Roman 
is the most hated guy in the business right now for what he did to Sammy. But Jay Uso, if Jay Uso is spotlighted at the Elimination Chamber and he's the one to fuck over Sammy, then all that heat from Sammy and Roman now transfers to Sammy and Jay Uso. You include Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso, you include Kevin Owens, and boom, you're off and running for the next month and a half for the Tag Team Championship match at WrestleMania. That's when the program between Sammy and Kevin versus the Usos happens at WrestleMania. That's the only thing that could be done at this moment. That's the only thing WWE needs to start thinking about. How do we maintain Cody and how do we transfer all of these feelings from Sammy and Roman and the people that want Sammy and Roman to Roman and Cody? How do we do that? Jay Uso. Jay Uso is the one thing that is going to be the catalyst for WWE to really get where they need to be with the current WWE lineup for WrestleMania. It's got to be. Now, I know a lot of people tell me, oh, J.D., Usos aren't allowed in Canada. Usos this, Usos that, not allowed in Canada. Jimmy Uso was the last one to get a DUI. I don't know if this pertains to Jay Uso in Canada. Jimmy Uso, I don't think he's allowed in Canada. Last time he was not allowed in Canada. So I, I don't know where this goes. We will find out more as time rolls on. But I don't think right now this is going to really factor into Jay Uso. Jesse, Jesse's texting me. Hold, hold on. What is he telling me? What, what is he telling me? No Usos in Canada. Yes, I, I, I understand that. Right now I'm under the impression that it's just Jimmy Uso. I have a feeling Jay is allowed in Canada. But we will see. I'm not really confirmed on that. I'm not really 100% sure. So let's take it day by day. But that's the way to go about it. Whatever's going to happen in Montreal is going to transfer the feeling from what we got now to Sammy and Kevin Owens versus the Usos. That's the only way WWE is going to get out of this alive. And the Sammy Roman thing, it will end in Montreal. And then we will get Cody and Roman going on to WrestleMania. Seth Rollins, he went one-on-one with Chad Gable. This was a Elimination Chamber qualifying match. Monday Night Raw is very good television when there are matches that mean something. Any wrestling show is better when there are matches that mean something. And we got stakes. There's legitimately something to fight for or fight over. And it makes sense. Makes the overall show better. This was a great match. Seth Rollins is fantastic. Chad Gable is fucking great. And these two guys put on a great match. Really good TV match. Went about nine minutes. I could have watched them go double that if they were allowed the time. Maybe sometime in the future. But this was a great match. Qualifying match here. Gable and Rollins worked excellent together. Very well together. Did not miss a beat. Gable hit his Chaos Theory suplex. Went for a senton off the apron. Hit a diving headbutt off the top rope for a two count. We go to a commercial break right at the top of the match. Gable worked over Rollins' leg. So Rollins dodged a moonsault. Hit a buckle bomb on Gable. Gable tried for another chaos theory, but Rollins landed on his feet and hit a falcon arrow for a two. They went back and forth with some counters. Gable hit a big cliffhanger DDT after a nice little 
ring around the rosy and some pinning combinations. Nicely done there by Chad Gable. Rollins tried for an enziguri, but Gable caught him in an ankle lock, and Rollins counted into a cradle for two. Gable applied the ankle lock, and Rollins rolled through, hit a pedigree, and that was enough to win the match. Rollins wins one, two, three. So Rollins wins with the pedigree, which is a great thing to see. But, man, Chad Gable, man, always getting the short end of the stick. I did not expect him to beat Seth Rollins, but, you know, Gable deserves a victory or two as well. Now, Rollins advances to the Elimination Chamber alongside Austin Theory, and he will be battling inside the chamber for the United States Championship. I do think Seth Rollins is in a position right now, in my honest opinion, where I feel like he is bigger than the United States Championship. I feel like he is well past the United States Championship, but what else can we do for Seth Rollins at this point when there is no other bigger prize on the show for Seth Rollins to go and fight for? He's stuck in the middle of the road here with the United States Championship. He's well beyond that. I can't wait to see him in something new. I can't wait to see when the WWE Championship or a world championship in general is back on Monday Night Raw. That's where Rollins needs to be. That's the position he needs to be in. Guys like a Gargano, guys like a Loomis, guys like a Bronson Reed, perfect for the United States Championship. Let's start separating the United States Championship mid-card guys, secondary guys from the main event guys like an AJ Styles, an Edge, guys like that, Rollins, Cody, There needs to be some sort of order from very top to the middle to the ladies and the tag teams. When everything is in order, everything works best. But I think Rollins is well beyond the United States Championship, but I also didn't really think he'd lose this match to Chad Gable. So he gets in there, he's in the chamber with Austin Theory, and they look to be setting up a Seth Rollins and Logan Paul feud for WrestleMania. Because they really kind of nailed it home that Rollins was eliminated by Logan Paul at the Royal Rumble. And I pitched, maybe Logan Paul after that spot, that tremendous spot with Ricochet. Maybe we do Logan Paul versus Ricochet at WrestleMania. Maybe we do Rollins versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think that would be great. I do think Austin's going to get a WrestleMania match this year. That could be something that really gives Seth Rollins a nice push to the top, a nice little dose of momentum. And we do Ricochet versus Logan Paul. But it looks like they're setting Seth Rollins up for Logan Paul. That could be a great match. I'm not taking anything away from what those two guys could do, but Seth Rollins in there with Logan Paul could be the makings of a match of the year candidate. Not going to really shit on it before we get there, but I like it. I like it. Point of the matter is, fact of the matter is, we need Rollins out of the secondary title position and closer to the world championship position. Hopefully that happens after WrestleMania. Yes, I understand AJ got hurt. What do you think? I'm fucking stupid? Oh, well, AJ got hurt, man. Yes, I understand that. The fucking show, what kind of show do you think I'm watching? He hasn't been there for weeks. But he's a world he's a world championship type of guy. That's why I mentioned him. I don't even know why I look at the chat, to be honest with you. Oh, he's hurt. No fucking shit he's hurt. Unreal, you guys, man. Unreal. 
Io Sky, one half of the women's tag team champions. She went up against Candice LeRae, who was out there with Mia Yim. Io was out there with Dakota Kai and Bailey. You know, the women's division, I've been very critical of the women's division. Very lackluster, very lame, and there really is no heat in any program. All these talented women on the show, not one single ounce of heat in any of these feuds that we see. No heat, no care. No heat, no investment from the fans. They just get thrown out there and whatever happens, happens. Not really the best look for the women's division with all the talent that they got. What they did here tonight is exactly what I want to see from the ladies. It is difficult to get anything going with the ladies because the story just isn't there. There's no no story where it's just substantial and you want to sink your teeth into it and really become invested in the women's stories. They just get thrown out there and they they are given whatever a lot of time that they get and, and then have a good match and then goodbye. And sometimes it stinks up the fucking joint and it's not a good match and it's just a waste of TV time and a waste of a spot for a three-hour show. What they did here tonight, these two, I love these two. EO is great. We know how great EO is. We know how good Candace is. You know, many of you guys don't remember, but Candace LeRae and EO Shirai, now EO Sky in NXT, had the best non-title women's match in the history of NXT. They had one of the best NXT women's matches in the history of black and gold back at TakeOver Toronto in 2017. You may not know that. Maybe you should go back and rewatch that. Absolutely fucking fantastic match. Absolutely incredible. Now... That's what I want to see out of these ladies. Whatever we saw in Toronto at TakeOver in 2017, that's what I want to see with the ladies. What they did here was they were given some time. EO took some risks. She took those big spots, suicide dive. They were very impactful. That's what they want, or that's what we want, the fans want, out of the ladies in the women's division. Big moves, big impactful moves. Just go crazy. It was 2019. I'm sorry. 2019? I'm sorry. 2017. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking of 2017. 2019. Um, we need some big, impactful moves for the ladies. Take risks. Go crazy. Just let them go out there and, and do what they got to do. This is what these two ladies did. Love it. This was a great match. And exactly what I want out of the women's division if you're not going to be mixing it up for the women's championship. So, both of these ladies need wins. EO needs a win. Candice LeRae needs a win. Who wins this match? Now, if you're looking at both of these ladies on paper, you would say, hey, EO needs to win. She's one half of the tag team champions. But Candice also needs a win, too, because Candice is ice cold on Monday Night Raw. So, EO Sky hit a dive to the outside, and LeRae responded with a dive of her own. LeRae hit a missile dropkick back in the ring. Sky hit a backbreaker. LeRae hit a German suplex off the bottom rope. LeRae followed with her poison runner for a two count. EO Sky tried a moonsault, but LeRae got the knees up. LeRae had her beat with a small package, but Dakota Kai on the outside distracted the referee until Mia Yim went after her. 
Bailey got on the apron and LeRae went after her for some reason before Mia Yim could get to Bailey on the other side. This distraction allowed Sky to roll up LeRae for the one, two, three. I don't know why she took her eyes off of EO Sky, just kind of making herself look like a dummy there. She takes her eye off of EO, of all people, to go after Bailey. I don't know why. They make the baby faces look absolutely ridiculous in the WWE. But I'm not the one who books this shit. It was a great match for what it was in nine minutes. I'd like to see more of it. So EO gets the win. Candice, I guess, fuck Candice because she needs a win too. I don't know when she's going to get some momentum for herself on Monday night. Maybe it'll happen sometime before WrestleMania. Maybe we get Candice and Mia Yim going after the tag team championships. Who knows? Who knows? Rhea Ripley. The announcers put over Rhea Ripley with a video package, winning the Royal Rumble, and they recapped the match. She went over an hour at the number one position to win the Royal Rumble. Rhea Ripley comes out, and she's in the ring with a microphone. She's not dressed to wrestle. She said she came out alone without the rest of the Judgment Day because she wanted all the attention on herself. She said three years ago, she just turned 24, and her career was just getting started, and she was the NXT champion. She said she came to Monday Night Raw and challenged Charlotte, who had won the Royal Rumble. She challenged her to a match at WrestleMania. She said Charlotte put her in her place, just like she does everybody else. She said she seems to always be, this is a shoot, by the way. Charlotte always seems to be in the title picture, and she's always on top. Yeah, I don't like it, and we need that to change. Rhea Ripley said she is the disruptor. I don't like the natural flow. I don't like the normal formula. I don't like when things are overplayed. So she's looking into the camera and then advised Charlotte to enjoy everyone rising and bowing down to her because they're about to rise for Rhea Ripley. At WrestleMania, she puts Charlotte in her place. So, Rhea Ripley, I'm surprised she actually announced this. This is, this is definitely, this is definitely a Triple H call. Vince McMahon would have fucking taken this and would have dragged this shit out for weeks. Oh, yeah, we're going to announce, but I'll announce it on SmackDown three weeks from now. Like, if you know what the WrestleMania match is and you know where you want to go, why don't you just announce it after the Royal Rumble? I never understood that. That's exactly what they did here. WWE had Rhea Ripley win the Royal Rumble. Why do you need to wait six weeks to announce who the, who, to announce who the fuck you're wrestling at WrestleMania? I never understood that. You won the Rumble. Rhea Ripley's a human being. She's a grown woman. She knows what she wants. She knows what she wants to go after. Why do we have to wait so long to get a fucking announcement? She came out the next night and announced who she's wrestling at WrestleMania. Fine. Great. Charlotte Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania. Fine. A lot of people got a ton of different questions. A ton of different questions here. Why did Rhea Ripley challenge Charlotte? I told you why in the open. Number one, this is a coming full circle type deal for Rhea Ripley. She never got her moment. She never got her win against Charlotte. She was put in a match with somebody that 
WWE really didn't have her planned to be. Then, then COVID happened. They moved WrestleMania out of Tampa and into Orlando's Performance Center in front of nobody. WWE wants a full coming around karma, coming full circle moment for Rhea Ripley, and they're going to do it in Los Angeles at WrestleMania. It's fine. That's fine. A lot of people are like, well, why isn't Asuka? Why, why isn't Asuka getting the match against Charlotte? She deserves a coming full circle moment too. Yeah, I get that, but, you know, Rhea Ripley right now is the hot woman in the division. Why are we going to go and do Asuka? Asuka's probably going to have some other plans at WrestleMania, which I'm assuming now will factor into Bianca Belair's plans. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But this is the reason why they announced this match. This is the reason why they're going with this particular direction. The second reason is, I told you before, WWE and Charlotte Flair, I mean, they go hand in hand. They bend over backwards for this woman at every single opportunity that they have. Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley guarantees Charlotte Flair a main event match at WrestleMania. Rhea Ripley won the Royal Rumble. She's going to be in the main event of WrestleMania. That will happen on night one. Equal opportunity. Ladies got to get a main event. The men got to get a main event. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley Guarantees Charlotte gets into the main event of WrestleMania, which will have Charlotte Flair be the only woman in WWE history to main event WrestleMania twice. Did you really think that they were going to give that to Bianca Belair over Charlotte Flair? Do you think Charlotte was going to sit there and just take that? Yeah, let's give it to Bianca. No, she probably politicked her fucking ass off to get that match. Yeah, I want to wrestle Rhea. Yeah, I want Rhea. Let me put Rhea over. All right, put Rhea over. Have Rhea become the champion. She gets the main event. She'll come back fucking six months later and become a 15-time world champion. Who gives a fuck, man? This shit sucks. Jesus fucking Christ. Charlotte being back adds nothing to the fucking division at all. It's all Charlotte 24-7 and nothing is, you know, given out to anybody else. I can't stand it. I can't stand it at all. Now, does Rhea Ripley... Win the title? I think so. If she does, does Judgment Day move over to SmackDown? Yes. Judgment Day's expended all that they can do on Monday Night Raw. When the draft happens, which I'm assuming will happen on the Raw after Mania, they will be moved to SmackDown. So yes, I do think that Judgment Day is going to move to SmackDown and Rhea Ripley is going to become the SmackDown Women's Champion. And I hope to God they kind of flush out the current divisions and we get something new. Seriously. That is the reason why that match is happening. And, I, and again, like I said, this presents the same thing that I said before. It presents Rhea Ripley seriously, seriously beating Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. We have a great opportunity to crown a new champion at WrestleMania. I do think that's going to happen. Normally, I'm very wishy-washy, very, very iffy on that. But I feel like Rhea Ripley is going to be the one to beat Charlotte Flair. Now, the, the, the question is, WWE announced, this is something else I don't like, WWE announced a SmackDown Women's Championship match against Charlotte and Sony Deville. So if this match happening on Friday is basically irrelevant, and WWE already gave away the outcome of that match by announcing Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair because nobody expects Charlotte Flair to lose to Sony Deville. So they basically gave away the outcome to the Sony Deville match on Friday, which, I mean, I don't even know why they booked, number one. I much rather would have had the announcement from Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania instead of the Sony Deville match, but here we are. 
So look forward to a very irrelevant and nonsensical match on Friday that has absolutely no bearing on creative whatsoever on Friday night. Now, Bianca Belair. What happens to Bianca Belair? Everybody's like, oh, man, should have been Bianca and Rhea Ripley. A lot of us podcasters predicted Rhea and Bianca Belair. Yes, that should have been the match. I do think that should have been the match. But looking at it, if they don't have Naomi, if they don't have Naomi, who was the only woman that's not really there right now, but still kind of there, if they didn't have Naomi locked in to wrestle Charlotte at WrestleMania, who was there on SmackDown to wrestle Charlotte Flair? Nobody. If Rhea chose Bianca, theoretically, who was Charlotte going to get at WrestleMania? Lacey Evans? They could have did Asuka. But they're going with something that they think is stronger. Rhea, Charlotte. And then this leaves Bianca Belair open now to Asuka. I don't know how that's going to work because they're both baby faces. Maybe Asuka turns heel. I, I don't know. Maybe Bianca turns heel. I do think that Bianca needs to become a heel. I think the babyface act is very stale. I think Bianca needs to turn heel. I think that would freshen up her character. But I don't think that's going to happen because she's so big with the little girls and, you know, she's just... A great PR person for the company. She's everywhere. She's a great spokeswoman for the company. So I, I don't see them turning her heel. So what does Bianca do? We got Asuka. We got Becky. We got Bailey. The inner creative in me says, well, we're probably going to end up getting a fatal four-way. We're going to get Asuka. We're going to get Becky. We're going to get Charlotte. Uh, not Charlotte. Asuka, Bailey, Becky, and Bianca. Fatal four-way for the Raw Women's Championship. Because they're all fighting right now, and Asuka is there. She needs something big to do. Unless they drag Bailey and Becky out to WrestleMania, and we get some sort of match there. I don't know what they do outside that. And you know WWE is going to want to load up WrestleMania, and I can't really envision seeing Becky Lynch, who's the biggest name in the division, without a championship match or a big-time match at WrestleMania, I could see a fatal four, a fatal four way between all four of these women. I'd love to see Oscar get the one on one against Bianca Belair. That would be my pre- uh, preferred uh, preferred match, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. Two baby faces there. One of them's going to need to go heel. Does Oscar go heel? Do they want to really boo Oscar? Do the fans want to boo Oscar? I, I, I don't know, but I do think Bianca could benefit from a heel run. So the Monday Night Raw Women's Division right now in the main event. For the Raw Women's Championship or the, 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 the big title match for the Raw Women's Championship. Not really determined right now. There's a lot of what-ifs in that. We'll see what happens. Or WWE, you know, they, they have no problem. They have no problem at all. I could also see this. But again, I don't know what Asuka, I don't know what Bailey. I don't know what Becky, I don't, I don't know what Alexa does at WrestleMania. There's a lot of women that might not get that big spot, and, and rightfully so. It can't be the same women every year. With Rhea challenging Charlotte, a Monday Night Raw superstar challenging a SmackDown star, I can see Raquel Rodriguez winning the Elimination Chamber and challenging Bianca Belair coming over from SmackDown to challenge for the Raw Women's Championship. I could also see that. So WWE is going to have some things to figure out there. They already got the SmackDown side of things figured out, but there are several women... Raquel, Alexa, Asuka, Bailey, Becky, that are very notable names in the division 
that don't have a clear path to WrestleMania. So we will see what happens there. I do not want Alexa in the championship match. Her and Bianca Belair have absolutely no chemistry whatsoever. I think we've seen that and been there, done that. So WWE is going to have a uh, very interesting situation on their hands with the ladies. But the reason why Rhea Ripley chose Charlotte is for the reasons that I gave you. And you're not going to hear that shit anywhere else. Baron Corbin. He was out there with JBL. He went one-on-one with Johnny Gargano. Out there with Dexter Loomis in an elimination qualifying match. This wasn't bad at all. Uh, Baron Corbin, you know, he can wrestle when he wants to wrestle. But I think he's the most boring character in all of the company right now. Absolutely ice cold is Baron Corbin and the gimmick sucks. JBL has offered nothing to Baron Corbin. He's done nothing to Baron Corbin. He hasn't enhanced Baron Corbin in any way. Guys like a lost soul out there. And they fucking absolutely embarrassed the shit out of him at the Royal Rumble. So they were going back and forth here, this elimination chamber qualifying match. Corbin knocked Gargano out of midair and slammed him on the edge of the barricade. Did not look nice for Gargano. Looked like it sucked. We go to commercial break. Corbin, he was in control, beating down Gargano. Gargano hit a slingshot spear to break the offense of Corbin. Consecutive super kicks to the face. Goes for a cover. Gets a two count. Corbin responded with his signature deep six. Gargano then avoided a charge. So Corbin went shoulder first into the ring post. And Gargano followed with a suicide dive. JBL was pissed on the outside. Dexter Loomis started to advance JBL and pulled out an axe. Loomis put the axe through JBL's hat, which was sitting on the commentary table and not his head. Thank Christ. His hat was on the commentary table. He takes the axe and slams the axe into the cowboy hat. JBL falls backwards. He falls on his ass in fear because he thought Loomis was going to take the axe to his face. This obviously led to a distraction. Gargano and Corbin in the ring watching all this shit happens. Gargano took advantage and cradled Corbin for the one, two, three. And Gargano qualifies for the elimination chamber. Not bad. And the right guy won. Johnny Gargano wins and gets into the elimination chamber. He joins Seth Rollins and Austin Theory inside the elimination chamber. Now, my mind is already racing a 1,000 miles an hour with the prospect of this Elimination Chamber match for the United States Championship. Going to throw something out at you. If it happens, it happens. If it don't, it's just me fantasy booking. A man could dream. A man could really dream. I don't think Austin Theory is going to walk out of Montreal as the United States Champion. I don't. Because let's be real, with Austin Theory's teases about the champ is here, more than likely his WrestleMania match is going to be against John Cena. And why does he need the United States Championship against John Cena? Now, it could be a United States Championship match and he beats John Cena, but I don't think he needs the United States Championship to go into WrestleMania with against John Cena. I would rather the United States Championship be defended against two other guys in a heavy spotlighted match that brings prestige to the United States Championship. Yes, John Cena can challenge for the United States Championship. Yes, John Cena can 
sit there and say he was the greatest United States champion of all time in WWE, blah, 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 blah. But I don't think that theory needs the title going into a WrestleMania match against John Cena. Now, depending on who else qualifies for this thing, Bronson Reed also qualified for it. I would love to see Johnny Gargano win the United States Championship. And this is why I say this, for two reasons. Number one, look at what Gunther is doing with the IC title. Not to say Austin Theory is bad in any way. I think Austin Theory is fucking great. But I think Johnny Gargano, with what he can bring to the United States Championship, would be on equal level to what Gunther is doing with the Intercontinental Championship. He's putting out banger after banger after banger. And I do feel that Johnny Gargano could do the same thing with the United States Championship and be that fighting champion. Now, this is where I get my mind going. We haven't seen him in a little bit. We haven't seen him in a little bit. But what if Tommaso Ciampa comes back? Johnny Gargano wins the United States Championship and Tommaso Ciampa reemerges as this heel Ciampa. And he wrestles Johnny Gargano for the United States Championship at WrestleMania. I mean, one could dream. Oh, man, you want to see that same match? You've seen it three different times already. Who gives a fuck? Four different times. Who gives a fuck? One of them was a cinematic match. Everybody that knows me knows exactly why I mentioned that match. This is Triple H's first WrestleMania. Triple H absolutely adores Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. You don't think he wants to put them in a WrestleMania together? Would I like to see DIY back together? Sure. Sure. But I honestly think there's more value in them separate than there is together. I do think WWE has enough tag teams. If they really if they really just focus on the division, they have some great fucking tag teams. We don't need two sets of tag team championships. We don't. We've been operating under this fucking facade that we need two tag team championships. Merge the titles. Unify the titles. Have them go from Raw to SmackDown, SmackDown to Raw. you got enough teams in the WWE to really validate a whole division with one set of titles. Why do we need DIY to go back together? It would be great, but I honestly think Gargano is better on his own, and I think Champa is better on his own. They are great pro wrestlers. And if anybody knows me, and anybody knows black and gold, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Champa own three of the greatest matches in the history of this company, never mind NXT. So why wouldn't you want to do that at WrestleMania? And they're best friends. So why not? Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Maybe I am thinking out loud and it's nothing more than a pipe dream. But I'd love to see Johnny Gargano win the United States Championship and then out comes Tommaso Ciampa to attack his best friend again. WrestleMania. Boom. And whatever happens after that match happens after that match. I could see Bronson Reed becoming a great United States champion at some point. But Seth Rollins is not winning the United States championship. Bobby Lashley doesn't need the United States championship. I don't know who else they put in that match for the United States championship. Why does Austin Theory need the United States championship going into a match with John Cena? Kind of makes sense to me. And if that's your WrestleMania match, if that is, if that is a potential possible WrestleMania match, look at what we got lined up for WrestleMania already. Just look at this fucking card. Spread over two nights. We got possible 
I'm not saying it's going to happen. Possibility. It is there. It's in the open. Johnny Gargano winning the United States Championship, defending that title against Tommaso Ciampa at WrestleMania. Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. The Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. John Cena versus Austin Theory. I mean, this WrestleMania is looking like a fucking absolute banger of a WrestleMania already. That's only six matches. Finn Balor versus Edge. Hell in a Cell. Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Gunther versus Sheamus. Look at that WrestleMania. Vince wishes he could book a WrestleMania like that. I don't know, man. I don't know. Kind of getting goosebumps over that WrestleMania, man. Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. We'll see what happens. I'm going with Gargano. But we'll see who else qualifies in the weeks to come for the Elimination Chamber. MVP. He had a VIP lounge with Austin Theory. I didn't really care for this because these VIP lounge segments and KO shows and Miz TVs and all this other shit. I mean, I don't really care for these in-ring talk show segments. So Austin Theory's out there. MVP introduced him. He comes down touting his bravery for defending the United States title inside the Elimination Chamber. Theory lounged on a leather couch in the ring. He got up. MVP kind of mocked him. Well, why don't you make yourself comfortable? Ray versus Dominic Mysterio also, yes. Yes, that's going to be a WrestleMania match as well. Why don't you make yourself comfortable? On the, on the VIP lounge, Austin Theory gets up. Said thank you for the invite. He said he was just a little kid. He used to watch the VIP lounge long ago. He says he's there to help him reinvent the lounge and make MVP relevant again. He says it could be the ATL. Austin Theory live. MVP says there's a ring to that. He said, hot trends come and go, but classics never go out of style. He said, after the chamber, he might not be live anymore. Fans are chanting, you suck. Austin Theory gets great heat in the WWE when he's in the ring holding a microphone. Just great heat. Theory told them to shut up because I'm the champ. Theory said MVP calls him the champion. But he also calls Bobby Lashley the champ. He asked if he thinks Lashley can beat him. MVP said yes. Theory says he's just messing with him. He shifted to talking about the chamber. He said when he was in the last chamber, Brock Lesnar F5'd him off the chamber. He said he still stands because he is the ruthlessness the new generation needs. And no amount of aggression can stop him. More John Cena puns there. More John Cena innuendos there. He is the ruthlessness that this new generation needs and no amount of aggression can stop him. MVP says he likes his confidence. Says he was once a brash young United States champion in a chamber and Undertaker chokeslammed him off of a pod. He said Theory is terrified, but he's doing a good job hiding it. He said you never know who is going to be in the chamber. Theory asked if that was a threat. MVP said it's a warning. MVP said Lashley is more dangerous than The Undertaker to him. Theory says, I'm glad he said to him. I don't know if Bobby Lashley is more dangerous than The Undertaker, but uh, he kind of corrected himself and said to him. Theory says he's already defeated Lashley twice. 
and he will defend his United States title in the chamber, and Lashley won't be in it. Let's talk about something that's not the past, Theory said. MVP said he and Lashley are no longer business partners, so he cannot speak on his behalf, but he could give him the advice for his health. Theory interrupted and asked MVP if he cares about his health, and MVP says, yeah, a little. Theory says he should be worried about his health and Lashley's health because Lashley is his meal ticket. He said Lashley is about to get torn to pieces by Brock Lesnar. So Lashley's music plays. He walks out. MVP tried to calm him down as he gets into the ring. Theory told Lashley, listen to your daddy. MVP stepped aside and Lashley attacked Theory. When Lashley went to spear Theory, Theory yanked MVP into his path. Um, It looks like Bobby Lashley may be in the chamber. I don't know what they do with Bobby Lashley at the pay-per-view. I, I would assume he gets one of the final two spots in there. I think he could mix it up very well with Bronson Reed. And I think that would give a reason to have Brock Lesnar crash the party at some point. Very easy to book Brock Lesnar inside the Elimination Chamber. Not really in the match, but have him ruin Bobby Lashley's uh, United States Championship hopes and dreams again. You know, it's very easy to do so. When someone gets eliminated, the the, the door's got to open. Lesnar can run down and fucking just absolutely savage his way into the cage. Beat the shit out of Bobby Lashley. Have someone pin him. Get him out. Very easy to do. Very easy to do. So I think Lashley's going to be in the chamber, and I do think that he will be one of the final two participants in there, and Brock Lesnar will find his way in the match at some point during the night and ruin Bobby Lashley's chances again at the United States Championship. That's just me. Byron Saxton. He was backstage with the Judgment Day. He asked about their altercation with Edge earlier. Balor says he's not hard to find. He says he works Mondays. He says, as for Cody... That number 30 spot should have been his. He said Cody has been stealing from him for years, and he's coming to collect. What exactly has Cody stolen from from Balor? Too sweet? Did he steal his Bullet Club friends? Is that what he's insinuating? Not that I mind. Makes a great match. But they were in the main event tonight of Monday Night Raw, Cody and Balor. So... MVP, he comes out of here complaining about not giving a, or being given a proper segment on Raw 30, then being assaulted by Kevin Owens last week, and then getting a terrible number in the Rumble. He said everyone ganged up on him because they knew that he was a threat. He said when he got to the airport, people began, ch- oh, Miz, not, not an MVP. I got MVP on my fucking, uh, Miz comes out. Miz got a nothing segment on this show. He comes out complaining that he's getting abused and he's not being treated fairly and he got a terrible number on the Rumble and he was the first one eliminated from the Rumble. He goes to the airport and people are chanting first man out, first man out. So fans began chanting first man out. He raised his arm and he said, when my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. He demanded to be treated with respect. Adam Pierce walked out and said, Miz... You know, you always want an opportunity. Said the newest member of the Raw roster has been waiting for an opportunity. And out comes Rick Boogs. Rick Boogenhagen is back in WWE. And he came out very generic looking. I don't know why they got him wearing this generic singlet. This black singlet. He's built like a fucking... 
absolute brick house is Rick Boogs. He comes out air drumming, comes out air drumming. He's out air guitaring. He's in this match with The Miz, who's wrestling in his fucking two-piece suit, right? And he's got a $10,000 suit on that his wife bought him. But Adam Pearce wants him to wrestle Boogs tonight. So this match goes one minute. And Boogs wins with a huge power slam for a one, two, three. Gorilla press slam for a one, two, three. He also gut-wrenched the Miz back and forth several times and threw him over his head. And he wins in one minute. Now, I'm glad that Boogs is back. I'm glad that Boogs has been moved away from Shinsuke Nakamura. I I never understood the pairing of Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura, even though the intro and the entrance to Nakamura was kind of cool with Boogs playing and McAfee got on the fucking table and started dancing. That was all fun and good, but they never gave us an explanation as to why why that pairing actually happened. What was the connection between Boogs and Nakamura? We never got the connection. This guy looked like he was straight out of the fucking 1980s, 1990s WWF with the fucking tassels around the boots and the black singlet, and he looked like somebody out of Vince McMahon's wet dream. I get that they want Boogs back on television, but outside of his charisma and his personality, which is going to get over, why is he wearing such a generic wrestling outfit? Why is he in such generic wrestling attire? I don't get that. You know, when I went to Full Sail University for the first time and I sat in on four different NXT weekly TV tapings, Rick Boogs came out and absolutely won the crowd over with what he was doing on NXT, which was he legitimately looked like he could fill in for one of the fucking rockers. He he wore this colorful fucking Outfit, he had the, the colorful pants on with the tassels. He could be something that is a throwback, but kind of new school at the same time. Yet they got him out there looking like a generic creator character from WWE 2K23. I don't get it. He's got the look. They just need to give it to him. They need to give him the proper attire. Now, where I think this is going to happen, because this is way too easy... You got Rick Boogs, the heavy metal guy, the guy who wants to fucking play, you know, thrash metal and death metal and start air drumming everywhere, right? And do the big power metal-like fucking yell, like he's fucking Ronnie James Dio. And then you got Elias. You got Elias, who's also a musician. He plays a little bit more softer of a style of rock. He's got the acoustic guitar. I guarantee you, that Rick Boogs and Elias are going to end up in a fucking tag team. They're going to end up in a legitimate tag team. And I think that's awful. Actually, Boogs might be something that Elias needs to get over. Because Boogs is definitely, if that actually happens, is going to be the star of that team. Now, I don't want that to happen. But I'm telling you right now, it just makes all the sense in the world for them to be paired together, seeing that they are both guitarists. I hope I'm wrong. Rick Boogs beats The Miz in one minute. Waste of a segment. Backstage, they showed Gable and Otis. Maximum male models were nearby, and they started laughing and sneering 
Mansoor and Mace. Man, oh, Mansoor. Mansoir and Marseille called Otis grotesque and disgusting. Maxine Dupree said it's perfect. They weren't sure what she meant. So they're going to take Otis. This is, I don't believe this is on the show. I mean, I don't, I don't get why these guys are on the show. They're legitimately going to take Otis and they're going to make him into a maximum male model. Is Vince back? Is Vince back running the show? Maybe he was given something to write and this is what he wrote into the show. I don't know. Bailey. She made her way down to the ring. They replayed what happened last week on Raw 30 when Damage Control attacked Becky Lynch before the steel cage match officially began. Bailey laughed about what happened last week and how Damage Control took out Becky and made history. She said they also entered the Royal Rumble so confidently and they were dominant. She said her favorite moment was eliminating Becky Lynch. She said she's done with her now and they're going to move on. So Becky comes out. Becky told Bailey to shut up. Bailey, you stupid fool. She said they're not done until the man says they're done. She said Bailey is forgetting that she already won the Rumble. She says she just wanted to be sure Bailey and her girls did not. She criticized Bailey for costing the fans a chance to see the cage match last week. She said Bailey didn't want to lose and then have to admit she's better than her. Bailey then left and said, I'm not making excuses. She said she's smart and she told Becky to read a book or something. Bailey said she has to make everything about her. Becky said, listen, it's my birthday. Bailey says, I don't care about your birthday. Bailey said she knows Becky and she doesn't like her. She said she's overrated and isn't good enough to be champion again or be in the ring with her one-on-one. She said she's not even good enough for her husband, Seth. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, we went there. We went there. Then she says this gem. The only reason why Seth married you is because he knocked you up. Now, Becky said she thought they were only fighting over wrestling all this time. She said their rivalry dates back 10 years in NXT to Orlando. She said she proposed they end this once and for all in a steel cage match in Orlando next week. Bailey said no. Becky said she thought she'd say that. She put the mic down. She goes back through the curtain. Becky comes out and drags Dakota Kai out with her to the stage with a chair wrapped around her ankle. Becky threatened to stomp on it, and she asked Bailey to accept the fight. Bailey accepted the match because she didn't want Becky to pilmanize Dakota Kai's leg. So Becky did not pilmanize her. Becky told Bailey she can bring her friends with her, and I'll see you next week in Orlando in the steel cage. But you may need to go check on EO as well backstage right now. So Becky... As she was doing this, I don't know if this is going to play into anything or if this is going to be a factor into the storyline. Maybe we end damage control once and for all and we break up damage control. When Becky dragged Dakota Kai out through the curtain and she had the chair wrapped around her ankle, Bailey did absolutely nothing to rush at Becky to go save Dakota Kai. She was no way in any shape or form in a hurry to go save Dakota Kai. She could have easily ran up there and fucking tackled Becky Stop this thing before she lifted the chair up. She just stood by the ring and did nothing as Dakota Kai was being abused here by Becky Lynch. Now, I don't know if that's going to factor into anything, but it could be something that has a long-term effect here on how we view and how we see damage control. I don't know. 
I don't know. We'll see what happens. But for all the people that fucking bitched and moaned and cried, and for all the Nikki Bellas out there, there you go. You're getting your steel cage match next week. What's the next thing you're going to fucking cry about? Told you what happened. Triple H is never going to let this one go. Just give it a couple of weeks. You'll get your steel cage match. Kathy Kelly, she interviewed Adam Pierce backstage. He said he is excited to announce the Bailey Becky cage match is official next week. Great. Said since Rhea Ripley chose to face Charlotte, he's in charge of deciding who will face Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. He said the women's elimination chamber match will determine that. He said Raquel Rodriguez, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, and Asuka were in the final four of the Rumble, so they've already qualified. He said next week, Meechin, LeRae, Piper Niven, and Carmella will square off in a fatal four-way match to determine the final two next week. Now, I don't know how that's going to determine the final four or the final two. Um, I don't know. Meechin, Candice LeRae, Piper Niven, and Carmella will square off in a fatal four-way match to determine the final two next week. I mean, I don't understand why we just don't have two qualifiers. Is this match going to be the one qualifier that gets the final two people in the chamber? I don't know. Chelsea Green interrupted and complained to Pierce about the unacceptable accommodation she's been given. She asked for a private dressing room and fresh spring water and Swiss chocolate. She wanted it resolved immediately. Pierce says they'd go find some Swiss chocolate for her. So Chelsea Green is really loading up on this Karen-like gimmick where she complains about everything and being treated unfairly. I see this getting old relatively very quickly. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe maybe she's good enough to pull it off. I, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to run its course very quickly. And I'm assuming that she showed up on Monday Night Raw, that she's on the Monday Night Raw brand. No, because SmackDown doesn't need any talented women on the show, right? Not even WWE wants to put any woman on SmackDown. They know how fucking awful that division is. Dolph Ziggler. He went one-on-one with Bronson Reed. This was an Elimination Chamber qualifying match. And this was exactly how I expected it to be. Somewhat of a squash here for Bronson Reed. Three minutes. Reed blocked a zigzag attempt, slammed him to the mat, off the top rope. Tsunami off the top on Dolph. One, two, three. Reed is in the chamber. Bronson Reed is a fucking savage, and I love it. More of Bronson Reed, please. Carmella. She was interviewed by Kathy Kelly. Talked about being back where she belongs. She talked about Staten Island, the forgotten borough in New York. Who lives in Staten Island? She says she's going to win the chamber. Asuka interrupted her with her new look. Carmella said Asuka isn't ready for her. Asuka smiled and blue goo, blue slime, began trickling down Asuka's mouth, through her teeth, and onto her chest. I see why people love Asuka. Asuka could really be nasty if she wants to. There you go. This new Oscar is going to be a a thing of beauty, I see. Rick Boogs. He was backstage 
with Montez Ford. They were laughing. Saxton interrupted him and asked how it feels to be back. He says he feels like he's climbing a mountain in a loincloth and he just wants to scream. He then screeched like he was singing for Dragon Force. He says he feels like he's riding lightning. Ride the lightning. Rick Boos says he's been on a long road to recovery, but it's official. He's back. So we see Angelo Dawkins not excited to be standing next to Elias. I don't blame him. Elias says it takes true skill to become an artist, and he thinks Boogs has potential. Ford says they're going to party tonight. Boogs ran off. Saxon informed them that they'll have a chance to earn a spot in the chamber. Said Dawkins will wrestle Damian Priest while Ford will wrestle Elias. Elias said he's an American icon like Elvis and Johnny Cash. Said he needs to become U.S. champion. And Dawkins predicted victory. Now, this is rather strange of a pairing here. Dawkins and Priest, Ford and Elias. Uh, I can't see Damian Priest losing this match to Angelo Dawkins. But I can't see Montez Ford losing to Elias. And everybody's so high on Montez Ford. I could see them giving Montez Ford the spot in the chamber. And I could see Damian Priest get in there over, over Angelo Dawkins. It would be ridiculous to put the Street Profits in there together for the United States Championship. It would be ridiculous. I, I don't know why this match is made. They are a tag team. They should not be going after singles championships. I don't know why Elias is even in a qualifying match. Why? Nobody wants him as the United States champion. Nobody wants him in the chamber. And nobody wants to see him. They had nobody else. Damian Priest and Montez Ford, I believe, will go into the chamber. It's a little bizarre, but that's where we are. Cody Rhodes. He's in the main event here against Finn Balor. Finn Balor was out there with Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio. Rhea Ripley was out there as well. Very intriguing match in the main event, man. You know, Cody was uh, back and he was in the Royal Rumble. He lasted about 15, 20 minutes or so. Won the Rumble from the number 30 position. He outlasted six, a whopping six individuals in the Royal Rumble. Not 29, six. Lasted about five minutes in there before he had a a 10-minute square off with Gunther in the final segment of the match, and won the Royal Rumble. He's in there against Finn Balor. Decent little match here. Went 15 minutes. Rhodes looks great. Looks to be in the best shape of his life. Balor obviously took advantage of Rhodes' pectoral muscle. Went right after it. Rhodes hit a suicide dive before tossing aside Damian Priest and Dominic. Rhodes hit Balor with a power slam. Snap power slam. Balor followed with a headlock. Elbow drop for two, which led to a... Commercial break. Rhodes hits a superplex following the commercial break. Big over-the-top superplex off the top rope. They're in the ring now, exchanging punches back and forth. Rhodes hit a Cody cutter for two. Balor countered a crossroads attempt. Hit a sling blade, but Rhodes came back with a super kick for a two count. Judgment Day starts surrounding Rhodes after Balor kicked him out of the ring. Edge ran through the crowd and knocked out Priest before spearing Dominic right at the ringside area. Rhea Ripley attacked Edge, so Beth Phoenix ran out and speared Rhea Ripley in the aisleway, just like she did at the Royal Rumble. Balor hit a shotgun dropkick, went to the top, but was distracted momentarily by Edge, jumping on the apron. 
He looked like a dummy. Oh, edge on the apron. I'm going to take my eye off Cody Rhodes. Did, did Finn Balor. He jumps, misses the coup de grace, and Rhodes delivered a crossroads times three. Three crossroads there for the mathematically impaired. And Cody Rhodes wins. Cody Rhodes salutes Edge and Beth Phoenix after the match, thanking them. And Cody Rhodes beats a, uh, Cody Rhodes beats Finn Balor with the help of Edge in the main event of Monday Night Raw. I don't mind a Cody Rhodes battling alongside Edge until we get to the real meat and potatoes of the Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes feud going into WrestleMania. I don't mind that for the time being. Cody Rhodes teaming with Edge to battle Judgment Day for a little bit before we get to Roman and Cody getting the, the build full time. I don't mind it. Why would anybody mind that? Cody and Edge teaming up? Sign me up. think that sounds good. I don't know if that's where it's going to go. But Cody's going to need something to do going into the Elimination Chamber. So that could very well be it. Cody, Edge, and Beth Phoenix versus Finn Balor, Damian Priest, if he doesn't make the Chamber. Dominic, I guess you could use. Balor, Dominic, and Rhea Ripley. I don't know. We'll see what happens going into the Elimination Chamber, but it looks like Cody Rhodes and Edge are going to be a little bit of an alliance going into the Chamber pay-per-view. And that was your Monday Night Raw. Not that bad of a show. Not that bad of a show at all. Newsworthy show coming out of the Royal Rumble. Wasn't the greatest Monday Night Raw, but it was a solid three hours on a Monday night. Thank you guys for joining me tonight, man. We're going to get into the Super Chats in just a second. We got 1,150 likes. Thank you guys very much for all your support. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show. I got my cold beverage. Hopefully you guys got yours. Make sure to follow me on social media. At JD from NY206, that's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button if you have not done so down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And hit that join button and become a channel member of VIP right here on OTS. Tonight, sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code SCRIPT20. For checkout, 20% off and free shipping, man. What do we got? We got a little unboxing right here from my great friends over at Manscaped. This is a banger of a box. And if you guys want to look good for the rest of the winter going into the nicer weather, which will be here before you know it, man, I'm telling you right now, you're going to want to pick this up. You can get 20% off everything I'm showing you right here. We got the new Beard Hedger Razor. Look at that beast. Unbel- it feels so good, man. Nice, nice, nice rubberized grip. Nice, really durable plastic top here. You got 20 different functions on here. No more fumbling with extensions or clip-ons. You got everything you need in this one razor right here, man. It comes with a nice USB cord. Awesome stuff right there. That's the new Beard Hedger. You're going to pick that up. It's going to be in this Pro Kit. What else is in the Pro Kit? We got beard oil. 
I've never used beard oil before, but I'm going to try it with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. We got beard shampoo. Look at that. We got beard balm. We got beard conditioner. Look at all these great gifts. Look. Got a nice little brush for your beard. That's nice too, man. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. And we got a nice little comb as well with the Manscaped logo on it. Unbelievable. And that's not it. You got some scissors, man. They give you a nice little set of Manscaped shears. You can be your own Brutus the Barber beefcake here, man. You can get all this. Script 20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. I want to thank Manscaped for taking care of us right here on Off The Script. Go and get yours today. Script 20 at manscaped.com. I love it. Love it. There's a beard shampoo. Yes. Uh, Let me tell you something, guys. Beard care is essential. It is a huge thing. And you're going to take care of yourself with that, man. Manscaped.com, code script, 20, 20% off. Free shipping on that. Beard Edger Pro Kit. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. Let's start off with Joseph Taylor here. Joseph says, two things, JD. Your favorite Elimination Chamber match and your top three Chris Jericho matches. Uh, my favorite Chamber match is 2017, I think, uh, when Bray Wyatt won the... WWE Championship. I think that was tremendous for him. Uh, Also, he says, top three Jericho matches, uh, I would say Shawn Michaels. Uh, I loved, 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 loved the false finish in that Jericho Triple H match with Earl Hebner counting Jericho to win the World Championship on that Monday Night Raw. Um... Jericho's, Jericho's matches are tough, bro. Anything with Shawn Michaels, really. Again, it's something, you know, Joseph, you, you have a tendency to ask me questions on the spot like that, bro. I don't, I, I mean, I, I'm going to need time to answer that question. My number one is absolutely Shawn Michaels. The chamber that I also like, too, is when Edge won the uh, world championship from John Cena. I thought that was a very good chamber match. Nick Williams of the $5 Super Chat. It's my birthday. Should Cody Rhodes become WWE champ? Who should his first title defense be against? Uh, Nick Williams, happy fucking birthday, brother. Let me see some birthday cake emojis in the chat for my boy Nick Williams. Yes, Jesse's correct. Uh, Jericho Omega. Yes, there you go. Thank you, Jesse. Forgot about it. I don't know how I forgot about that one. Jericho's got some great matches, man. Jericho's got some great matches in this stage of his career. Jericho Omega. Jericho Eddie Kingston was a great fucking match. You know? Jericho's been putting on bangers. Jericho Moxley. MGM Bolin with a 499. Ending my 23rd birthday in the OTS venue. 
Let's hope the rest of Raw is good tonight. It's a decent show, and MGM, hopefully you had a great 23rd birthday, brother. Happy birthday, man. Matt, the PW fan. I would have preferred if Rhea Ripley chose Bianca Belair. I guess from Rhea's point of view, she wants to avenge her loss at WrestleMania 36. I don't hate it. And I don't hate it either. It's a good chance we get a new champion, so I don't really mind it. Anybody but Charlotte. Jericho Punk in 2013 was excellent too, yes. I, I love that storyline. That, that shit was great. Ali with five months. Hey, JD, I just want to say thank you. You've been absolutely the go to the IWC. I enjoy your off the script. Makes my day better. I always listen to you. Thank you, Ali. Appreciate you. Thank you for being here for five months, brother. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. WrestleMania matches hyped now before Elimination Chamber. Long-term booking at its finest. Yes, Vince would not have been booking WrestleMania matches this early. He would have waited until after the Chamber. Jen with 14 months in the VIP club. Hey, Ace, just wanted to wish you a warm welcome to Max. Wanted to wish a warm welcome to Max in the chat. He joined on Friday. It was missed. OTS for life. Well, I'm sorry I missed that. YouTube uh, tends to fuck up every now and then. And Max, if you're listening, brother, thank you for joining the VIP club for the first time ever, man. Appreciate you. Tony Brown with eight months. Thank you, Tony Brown. Carmelo looks so freaking delicious, JD. Better watch out, bro. Corey Graves may uh, may kick your ass. Thank you, Tony Brown. Grimsley with a $2 super chat. Thank you, Grimsley. Hope they let Becky and Bailey have 25 plus minutes. Should be the main event next week. I think they'll do right by it. Give them the main event. Dom Wapo with a 499. With no Monday night football, I hope to see Raw to be as good as tonight going forward. I hope so. All I want is good wrestling. Blurred the Nerd with a $5 super chat. Am I a cocaine bear or was Raw good? Love the call out on Cody's Rumble number by Finn. Uh, what the fuck is a cocaine bear? Is that new lingo and slang that I don't know? Julian Marava with a new member. Shit. Thank you, Julian. Thank you for uh, joining the VIP club, brother. I appreciate you. Marcus Edwards with five months. Thank you, brother. What are you drinking to celebrate five months? It's a new movie. Cocaine Bear is a new movie. A Cokehead Bear? Who would pay to see such garbage? You know a movie I want to see? That new Dave Batista movie, man. Knocking knocking on the cabin. Or knocking the woods or whatever the fuck it's called. That look, that, that shit looks good. I like that. I like those type of freaky, creepy movies. Those end-of-the-world movies. And who would watch that? A cocaine-riddled bear? It's about a bear in the woods who eats campers' coke and goes on a killing spree. Bro, whoever came up with the plot to that movie should absolutely be deleted. 
I mean, holy fuck. Why would you pay, why would you pay hard-earned money to go sit down and watch that in a movie theater? I wouldn't even watch that if you paid me. That sounds fu- that sounds like a disaster waiting to happen, man. That, that sounds like it's in the theater one week and it'll be on fucking uh, HBO Max the next week. Moretz with an eight months. Thank you, Moretz. The best in the IWC with an ace emoji. Thank you, brother. Based on a true story. This is based on a true story. There's an actual cocaine bear out there. I don't I don't believe that for a sec. Brian Fernandez with an I-99. Hey JD went to the Rumble on Saturday and was disappointed with the zero reaction some people got. And it felt like I was the only one in my section who popped for Johnny Gargano and Roxanne Perez. I don't know, man. Roxanne didn't really get any reactions. Zoe Stark didn't get a reaction. Indy Hartwell didn't get a reaction. Johnny didn't get a reaction. I don't know what's wrong with these fucking people, man. Jean-Pierre Mercedes with six months. Keep up the great work, JD. God bless. Hashtag OTS. Thank you, brother. For Zit. For the 199. Rhea somehow sold me on Rhea versus Charlotte tonight. Rhea's great. Dan the man with a new membership. Dan, what the fuck are you drinking tonight, brother? Phil with a 9.99 super chat. Appreciate you, Phil. November 7, 2022, Ripley stood face to face with Bel Air. We were supposed to get the match at Money in the Bank 2022, and it didn't happen. I would have liked to see Bel Air versus Ripley, not a feud rehash from three years ago. I told you why it happened, Phil. People might not like the explanation, but it's absolutely the fact of the matter. Dark Lion Productions with a new membership. Thank you, brother. All my new members, you now have access to see a sneak peek of the Mother's Basement design coming soon to the podcast. Let me know what you guys think, man. It's in the community tab. See Jags with a 9.99. After tonight, I'm hearing that. And hearing that crowd pop for Cody. He's just as over as Sammy's in. That crowd was absolutely electric for Cody, and rightfully so. Good. Cody's the man. Cody is the fucking man. Dan, the man with the $2 super chat. I appreciate you, man. You are so awesome. Thank you, Dan. Cheers to you, brother. Tay-Tay the Savior with a 199. Everyone put your ones to the sky because I'm 19 now. Happy fucking birthday, Tay-Tay the Savior. Let me see some birthday cakes in the chat for Tay-Tay. I'd say whiskey emojis, but he's not old enough to drink yet, man. And we don't promote underage drinking on this channel. Let me see some birthday cake emojis for Tay-Tay. Sean Ray, Jay with a $5 super chat. I didn't even realize until you said it. This match is 100% defeat Charlotte's ego. Politics always comes into play with her. Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
JD, did you see The Last of Us last night? Yes, I did. I will say this about The Last of Us episode. I don't appreciate that they deviated away from the actual game. I don't. I think they went a little bit over the top. But I thought the story of both Frank and Bill was excellently told. I thought it was a very good episode. It slowed things down a little bit. Hopefully next week we get back to business. But I thought it was a very good episode. I love I love I love drama-filled episodes like. That. I love story-rich episodes. But they did they did add a lot. They did add a lot to uh the the whole episode. But I mean, what what do you expect with the the wokeness of the culture nowadays, man? It's just it's just fucking ridiculous, you know. But I thought the episode I thought the episode was fucking great. I, I realize some people are very iffy on it. You know, you got your elitists out there. Oh my god, blah 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 blah. You read the comments and this and that, but this is what you get with the woke culture, man. This is what you get. You, they got to push their narratives, you know. But I thought the episode was fucking great. I enjoyed both of their performances. Were fucking fantastic. I'm surprised that they actually gave them such a rich story. I mean, they weren't even, they weren't even, they weren't even legit cat. You've seen them for, how long did you see them in the game? How long did you see them in the game? One of them was already dead when you got into the fucking, that part of the game. Bill was the only one alive. Well, that's what, that's, that's what happens, man. I mean, Whatever. But I'll tell you what, man. The adaptation of the game to to series so far, outside of the complete rewrite of Frank and Bill's story, has been spot on. I I think it's been great. Hey, so how how long did you see Frank for in the game? Like, was he he was he was dead when we got to him? You know. I mean, legitimately, the whole fucking part of the game was him going to get a battery and going to get a vehicle. They made it into an episode. The thing is, guys, you know, they got to fill episodic episodes. They got to fill episodic TV. So they have to, you know, they got to they gotta stretch it out. So I don't blame them. As long as it's entertaining, as long as it's story rich, I'm fine. I thought both of them did a fantastic job. It was a very emotional episode. I enjoyed it. I'm enjoying the series so far very much. Golden Boy with a $5 super chat. JD, they said Montez Ford versus Elias and Dawkins versus Priest for the last two spots in the EC. Also, what happened to the Bianca Belair segment set up next and nothing? I have no idea, bro. I wasn't even paying attention to that. Chelsea with the 10 months. Kick it up a notch. Milestone hit again. Lord JD tried to chalk it old-fashioned. It's 
the drink of the month. Hashtag OTS for infinity. What the fuck are we drinking? Cheers. See, Chelsea's drinking the chocolate old-fashioned. I can't, I can't blame her for a 10-month. That's a great choice. Yeah, I gotta see. I gotta see what they're gonna do with uh, with uh, Last of Us Two, bro. I mean, I don't know. You want woke? That's why people stop playing the fucking second game. Susan D'Ambrosio, the 15 months JD. I saw the preview of your mother's basement, and I'm in love with it. It's awesome. What is ticket to Jake Cargill? OTS for life. Thank you, Susan. Martin Smith with 15 months. Thank you, Martin. What's up, JD? Sorry, I'm not in the venue often because of my work schedule, but I watch the podcast when I can. Keep up the good work, my friend. Thank you, Martin. Thank you for 15 months, brother. As long as you remember, we're still here, bro. Always welcome, man. Zach Smith with a 699. I pretty much only listen to Raw while I'm at work, so I have context for the podcast. If it weren't for OTS, I wouldn't be following WWE in 2023. Zach, thank you so much, brother. Makes me feel really, really good when I hear shit like that, bro. Thank you. Bro, I didn't even finish The Last of Us 2. I stopped playing. I stopped playing. I couldn't take that shit anymore, man. It was... As soon as Joel got killed, bro, I was done. I was done. Finished. Julian with a 999. This is for you, JD. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Julian. Script Keeper with a $5 super chat. Hey, JD, the sneak peek of my mother's basement was awesome. You keep outdoing yourself. How do you do it? I don't know, bro. I'm, a, I'm just a creative fucking guy. And I got a great fucking team behind me. Wait till you see the other side of the bar. That's where the real magic comes into play. We're going to take the podcast to the next level with that. Can't wait to show you guys. Grimsley with the $2 super chat. Thank you, Grimsley. I really like the tag team, EC. From, I think, 2015. That was that was a very good elimination chamber. Now that you mention it. Now that you mention it. Montreal Rather with a $5 super chat. If Cody is going to win the title, then the three times crossroads should be safe for WrestleMania. That's my opinion. It's definitely going to take more than one crossroads to beat Roman Reigns. Ricardo Linnell with a 499. I liked Raw tonight. Can't wait to see what a Triple H Raw to WrestleMania looks like. OTS is the big leagues. The rest, they are Little League. Hashtag OTS for life. Bro, we blew every fucking podcast out of the water on Saturday night. We were more than doubled who was behind us. We were five times more than Fightful and everybody else, bro. Underneath that. Crazy. Cody Snyder with a $5 super chat. We get an extra tomorrow. Can't get enough OTS. Great show as always. JD looking forward to traveling the road to WrestleMania with OTS. Uh, Cody, I may be going live tomorrow with uh, episode 461. 
Normally I want to normally I would like to go live on Thursday, but I can't I can't go live on Thursday. I actually can't do nothing Thursday because I'm going to see Alter Bridge at the Paramount on Long Island. So I won't be home all day. Telly Wo Swayze with a 999. I got no problem with Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair at Mania as long as Rhea, Rhea Ripley wins. But I I'm on these occasions, <clears throat> they do it for Charlotte. Yes. That being said, I hope the right woman wins. By the way, Dakota Kai is a hell of a sell. Dakota Kai is great. Dakota Kai is awesome. And I do think Charlotte is going to lose the title. Uh, looking Glass with a $5 super chat. What is your Holy Grail watch to have on your wrist? Uh, probably the Rolex Milgos, which I will own one of these years. Uh, they are uh, very rare and, and hard to come by right now. So, uh, James with the two dollars super chat, Jerry. It's based off a true story. I'm guessing the bear story, cocaine bear. Chris with a four ninety nine. What's up, JD? Love the podcast. OTS for life. LTB at its finest, brother. I'm loving WrestleMania season. Sammy and Roman will be match of the year candidate at Montreal. Hashtag LTB. I do think that they're going to put on a great match. And it's going to be very emotional. Remember Jay Uso versus Roman Reigns and how emotional that was? This is going to be emotional. Tracy Hines with a $2 super chat. Awesome show. Have you seen the movie Megan? No. If you've seen it, Tracy, I hope you enjoyed it, but that movie looks like dog shit in my honest opinion. Joseph the Gamer with a $4.99 super chat. There's a wrestling YouTuber named Millennial who thinks Johnny Gargano shouldn't be in the chamber because he's a vanilla midget. Well, well Millennial is a fucking retard. And whoever labels guys like that vanilla midgets, clearly you do not want to be listening to them. Their opinion is absolutely fucking worthless. There's too many fucking people given a platform to spew garbage like that. Get them out. AWC legend with a 449. You see that beyond the script clown love the show OTS for life. Uh, Yes, he's a fat slob and he is uh, somebody that begs for cam girls attention because he has no female friends in real life. Eric Ambassador with a 499. I'm so happy that Johnny Gargano won because Corbin's gimmick has been dead since the start. Especially that theme he comes out to. How awful is that? Much love, JD. Yes, it's it's terrible. Baron Corbin is just all around terrible. With a new membership. Thank you, brother. What are you drinking, man? 
Joseph Taylor, JD, I bet you are pretty happy you did not go to the Royal Rumble scrum. That clown Ryan Satin was there, and you probably would have knocked him out. Bro, Ryan Satin has absolutely no talent, and his podcast is fucking completely unlistenable. Dude, our Royal Rumble review did more views and likes and did more everything than Ryan Satin's entire month of January. The guy sucks. He basically gets fucking petty. Or pity. He gets given press at it for pity. It's a complete waste. Soundwave 80s, 499. What if Sami Zayn beats Roman to become the WWE Champion Elimination Chamber and faces Cody at WrestleMania? No. Now, Roman is not losing the championship before WrestleMania. And Crow Mem, with a $5 super chat, he leaves absolutely no message and just wanted to show how great of a guy he is by being generous with the $5 super chat. Yeah, Satin's looking fat. Hey, listen, man, you want to be fat, you be fat. I don't want to be fat. I don't want to look like Ryan Satin. That's why I got evil genius training me. We're doing everything we can to not look like Ryan Satin. Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys, man. Next time you see me, we'll be live tomorrow. Make sure you guys look in the sub boxes. You'll see the notification there. We got a lot to talk about. Hopefully I get some uh, some rest tonight. I need it after this weekend, man. I am fucking drained. Holy shit. Holy shit. Ryan Fatten. That's what we're going to call him, man. Ryan Fatten. Ha ha ha. Oh, yeah. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you hanging out tonight. Thank you for the 1,200-plus likes. Thank you for the Super Chat love. Thank you for the new memberships tonight as well. Thank you for the recommitments. All my new members, all my current members, you guys get a sneak peek of the VIP club in the mother's basement. Coming soon in my mother's basement. It's on the community section for you members only. Phil with a 14-months Love how they are giving the U.S. title spotlight in the chamber. I wish the IC title was in the chamber as well. Imagine Gunther in that structure. And Looking Glass with a $2 super chat. Z blue or black dial for that watch. Uh, Looking Glass, black with the green sapphire. Guys, I will see you live tomorrow on Off the Script episode 462, I believe we got going live tomorrow instead of Thursday because I'll be at Alter Bridge on Thursday live on Long Island. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit up Manscaped. Go get yourself some great shit with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Manscaped.com. Script 20 at checkout. 20% off. Free shipping. And when that music comes on, I need that music on max. I'll see you guys live uh, tomorrow. Friday too, but tomorrow for Off the Script right here. 
from the OTS venue. Until then, guys, have a great night, and I'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.